are listening to the One Two Three Show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this uh, Tuesday afternoon. I'd like to turn to our very first uh, topic and guests of today. We are going to hear a little bit more about Lion Week, and we're super delighted to be joined by Colin Dawson, the chairman of the Elephant Foundation, Daniel Ole Sambu, who is a Maasai warrior and head of the Predator Protection Program at the Big Life Foundation, and also Richard Torreira, who is a young Maasai inventor who at the tender age of 12 invented something called the lion lights to protect his family's livestock from lion attack. Welcome to the program, gentlemen, and thank you very much for joining us this afternoon. Um, Colin, you're closest at hand. Uh, welcome back on the program. Thank, thank you very you. much for being here. Uh, tell us a little bit more about Lion Week and what is it about? Um, there's only 20,000 lions left in the wild. And that's a figure that not many people kind of think about. You see TV documentaries about lions the whole time, and they think there's lions absolutely everywhere. But their population has been reduced something like 75% in the last 30 years. So it's 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 a really big issue with lions being killed. Um, and they're generally being killed due to human-wildlife conflict. Um, and this is a, the population growth problem, which we have everywhere in the world. Um, the inspiration behind my setting up the Elephant Foundation was, was a man called George Adamson, who's married to Joy, uh, who wrote the book Born Free. And today, the 20th of August, is the 30th anniversary of George's death. He, he was killed by poachers in Kenya um, whilst saving the life of a young lady and someone he worked with. And he drove between her and the bullets, literally, and, and they took his life. So I really have always wanted to do something to honour his memory. So I thought it'd be a really good idea to do Lion Week in Hong Kong, where we can bring the issue of human-wildlife conflict uh, into our homes in Hong Kong, where people can really understand it. Uh, always love an excuse to bring Daniel to Hong Kong when we can. And I've always been looking for a way to bring Richard to Hong Kong, because I really believe that he'll be inspirational, particularly to teenagers who who uh, uh, are pretty lucky in Hong Kong in general. Um, and to think at uh, the age of 11, 12, uh, Richard was out at night guarding guarding the cows and facing the lions and, and, and really wanted to sleep. So I've been trying to put something together and I thought the 30th anniversary of George's death would be the ideal opportunity. Yeah, for the benefits of our Facebook Live listeners, apologies, we've only just got Facebook Live working. You can join us there as well. Noreen Mayer on RTHK Radio 3. We're talking about Lion Week uh, today and uh, we're joined by Colin Dawson, the chairman of the Elephant Foundation, Daniel Ole Sambu, who's a Maasai warrior and head of the Predator Protection Program at the Big Life Foundation and also Richard Torreira, who is a young Maasai inventor who at the tender age of 12 invented lion lights who, as uh, Colin mentioned, to protect really his family's uh, livestock from lion attack. Why is it important to target uh, Hong Kong teenagers and, and the privilege here in Hong Kong? Are we so far removed from understanding wildlife in the world? I think I, I've just spent some time in Kenya and I spent some time in villages in very, very remote parts of the country and where where young children walk two, three, four, five hours each way every day to and from school. And in Hong Kong, we visit schools and, and it's fantastic seeing all the schools and we generally get a fantastic reception. Um, but I was at one of these schools after these people walk and 
I was thinking back to where some schools people have their maids deliver their homework to and from school. And I'm just kind of thinking, you know, it's a very different life. And I think it, it's really important to make people aware of uh, the, the situations around the world. Well, who better than having a Maasai warrior joining us this <laughs> afternoon? Daniel, it's a pleasure to see you again. You're looking very well. And thank you for taking the time uh, to join us once again. So since we last spoke, we, you were here for Elephant Week last year and we spoke. Um, how's it going with your updates, uh, with, with your campaign uh, and, and being back in Hong Kong, addressing the Hong Kong audience. Thank you very much, and thank you once again for giving us this opportunity. Uh, all is good. Um, uh, there are several initiatives that uh, people around uh, Africa are trying to conserve wildlife, uh, but particularly um, here in Hong Kong this week to celebrate the Lion Week, uh, to celebrate the life of George Adamson. So I'm going to talk about the initiative to conserve lions. Uh, lions is a lion belong to a, a group of wild animals we call keystone species, which means so many other wild animals depend on them. Uh, uh, being a carnivorous, you know, so many small other carnivores depend on a lion to kill and, and get food. Uh, and we are here to create awareness that uh, as we talk about rhinos and, and, and elephants, lions are facing the same, same problem. If we don't take on um, challenges they are facing, then we are going to lose the lions. Um, as a Maasai, uh, we always have a lot of problem with, with, with the predators because we, we keep livestock and every other time the predators will want our livestock for food. And uh, that means a lot of retaliation. Uh, the, the first thing we always think is if a lion kill a cow, we have to run and kill the, the lion uh, because cows, livestock are our livelihood. Another thing is the culture. I'm coming here to share a culture that is changing for a good cause. The Maasai, over time, for over 500 years, their culture demands that young boys, the warriors, need to kill lions to prove that they're warriors, to prove that they're strong. Really? To, to earn the, and themselves, you know, for prestige, to earn them praise among the peers, and uh, sometimes even competing for girlfriend. If you kill more lions, you'll definitely become one of the uh, best men in the village. This um, is brand new. So, uh, and, so lions don't face just problems from hunters, but also from the Yeah, it, it also the gives yeah, the warriors. Well. Um, yeah, the warriors. So, so I'm coming to talk to, about it in Hong Kong and telling people that the culture of believing rhino horn and, and, and elephant tusk as medicine or, or something for prestige can change for good. We don't have to kill innocent animals just for fame, to show people to that show, you're rich yes. or to say they are medicine. You can go to the hospital and get treated. Don't depend on a rhino horn. So I'm going to tell a story of how the Maasai community have decided to shun lion hunting and decided to compete for gold and money. And that is the sport now called the Maasai Olympics. And I must appreciate the Elephant Foundation for accepting to bring the idea to Hong Kong. We are going to come with the warriors here to tell the world that it is possible to change the culture from a bad culture to a good culture. And that's why I'm here this, this month. Can you give us a little bit more details about the Maasai Olympics then? Now, the, the Maasai Olympics is an idea that was brought about by the traditional leaders of warriors and uh, the elders themselves. Uh, they, want, don't, they don't want to see warriors killing lions. In Kenya, if now you kill a lion, uh, you can go in for a life sentence or pay a fine of up to 200,000 US dollars. So, so with that in mind, uh, you know, if you let your, your boys to go out and kill lions, then it's not a good idea. 
And then as conservationists, we are always uh, telling them we can earn a lot of benefit from wildlife. So we can we can have another good way of coexisting with these wild animals without killing them. So the Maasai Olympic is to replace lion killing to a very good cause, that is competition. So Maasai Olympic is about, uh, it's about competition, it's about conservation, it's about culture, and it is sport. So everybody will enjoy and you can still earn the same same uh, popularity like when you're killing a lion the whole village can celebrate and that is the idea we wanted the warriors to 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 enjoy yeah what about when the lion kills the livestock then is it still illegal to hurt the lion or to kill the lion or is there a loophole it is but the big life foundation introduced another very very creative idea uh, of saying sorry um, though your cow, your livestock have been killed by predators, they are going to give you some money to try and play, replace Compensate, the loss yes. and uh, to stop you thinking about going to the bush and kill the, the lion or, or poison hyenas. We will give you some money. And yeah. it has really worked. For, for 14 years, uh, the community has been supporting us and uh, they haven't been killing lion. The population of lion before we started the program was less than 20. And now we are proudly talking of about a 200 mark in in that ecosystem so it's a very successful program so the Maasai olympic was just to come and support the compensation program and make the two works together yeah. one checking on the um, economic losses caused by predators and the other one checking on the culture how were these lions commonly killed did the villagers set up traps or poison them what was the common way to kill these lions because to kill a lion you have to yeah. have a uh, certain amount really, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, the easiest way to kill predators is to poison and uh, when when we started working in that area they were using a very little uh, poison uh, known as furadin, a pesticide and it can kill a lot of wild animals uh, and even sometimes herbivores, you know, when the grass grow in the, where the carcass was and it can still kill, uh, that was the easiest way of poisoning. But now for Maasai, the, the, the only way you can show that you're brave is by spearing. So you, you'll find, you know, if, if my cow is killed, I have to go to the bush of the spear and try to kill that lion. So that one still happened. Some predators are very fast. They can really run very fast like the, 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 the hyena. So other people use traps. So a combination of all this can really eliminate um, predators in a very short while. Yeah, or sometimes you can have a lion light, as Richard is here, uh, to tell us a little bit more. You, uh, Richard, how old are you now? I'm 19 years old right now. And you invented this lion light when you were 12. Tell us more about it. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. Um, yeah, so lion light is basically a very simple uh, sustainable solution that I invented when I was 12 years old. Uh, I did this through observation that I realized that um, uh, lions normally don't come around when people are walking around the, the cow shed look, uh, looking after the cows. So at the age of nine, I had the honor of looking after my father's cows. It's a responsibility for every uh, teenager boy in, in my community. Nine years nine, old. Uh, yeah. No wonder compared to the Hong Kong. I mean, I wonder what the <laughs> Hong Kong youths are doing at nine. Yeah, sorry, Richard. Yeah, so um, I would I would normally take out the cows during the day and herd them outside but the, the moment I bring them at night the lions would attack them so I used to take my flashlight and patrol around where the cows stay and the lions don't come so it worked for some time I, I used to do this for some time and I actually an idea came to my mind that I, w I could actually uh, just fool these lions that uh, I'm always there when I'm not <laughs> so so basically that's what lion light is lion light is so lion lights are basically just lights that flash around where the cows stay 
and mimic my movement that I'm there when I'm not. So talk us through the physics of it. So these lights would move. Yeah. So like if a human was shining <laughs> them around. Yeah. yeah. So like the lights um, sometimes flash like uh, in, in randomly. They flash in a sequence depending on how you want them to flash. Because lions are also very clever animals. Uh, they, they eventually get used if the lights were uh, flashing. All the, the time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So we've had different, actually, we've had different version of lion lights. Now we're even installing lion lights that are triggered by animals. You don't, they don't have to flash necessarily. They have to be triggered for them to come on. That way you just have different impression every time so the lions don't come. It's been six years now and... Uh, no lions have we've never had any encounter with any homes with the lion lights that's really a genius idea Thank it's you. triggered by the movement of the lions yeah. or the predators yeah. uh, to come as well um what was your family's reaction and uh, to, to this were they like wow this is such a good invention i mean this was a very uh my parents to be honest were very proud and the whole community you know as the maasai uh, cows are everything for us and um, so mean, losing no cows to lions means something very good because now we can have all the cows to, uh, to sell and uh, for food. So. What were some of the difficulties or challenges in designing because you had to adapt and change these lights depending, like you said, the lions are very smart. They'll soon know that, oh, you know, it's not someone, maybe it's just programmed. How did you change the process of the lights? I have to say, like, the biggest challenge was uh, actually getting the equipment to build the first lion lights. Uh, I come from a very, uh, 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 I mean, I don't know, like, community that I come from. I didn't have any knowledge of whatsoever about electronics. It's like science, yeah. engineering. <laughs> so, uh, actually getting the equipment to build the lion lights, actually, uh, I had to get money off my savings to buy these equipment. And then uh, after the lion lights worked, the first lion lights worked, People are very impressed, and uh, different people from different uh, around the world wanted to help me. So we, uh, together, we worked on building a, a more sustainable so a solution that can last for longer. Yeah. Apart from lions, what other predators have you had success in keeping away? Actually, uh, lion lights uh, uh, works for other predators like cheetahs, uh, hyenas. We've ha also had lion lights being tested actually also outside Kenya. So we've had lion lights in Argentina, yeah, in, in other in South America as yes, well. Yes, yes, for pumas. Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. One, one thing you should note about him is uh, he is a warrior. He's supposed to be the age that is trying to kill lions, but uh, this is now the other picture of a warrior who is now trying to use his own infection to save lion, and and that is very good, mm. uh, because at his age, that is this this is the time the, the prime time to try and kill a lion. So it's a very good example to others, uh, to tell others that there's another way we can live with this wild animal and we still have our livestock. Uh, even if the, a cow or sheep is killed, let's find another way to live with the yeah. wild animal. Is this mindset easy to change? I mean, with men at your age, do they still want to kill the lions? Because it's so many years of education, so many years passed down from generation to generation. How easy is it to change this mindset? I think for me, uh, I think education is the most important thing. Uh, once people understand that, um, um, once actually, once these people living with these animals, if they can uh, benefit, get whatever, like a benefit from these animals, then it would really help 
in changing their mindset. So yeah, I, th- I believe education and also incentives, small incentives, will also will help really change. But yeah. that then I, I, I mentioned 500 years old culture. Trying to change that, it's really difficult, or it will take time. Could be easy to change, but it will take time. Absolutely, uh, because, the same with yeah. the Chinese medicine culture yeah. mindset about generation ivory. after generation. Everybody will want to kill more yeah. lion than the previous generation. Sure. So you you really have to be patient. You really have to do a lot of education, as mentioned by Trede. You sh- you really have to show that why we are saving lion. Why why are we telling them to stop killing lion? There must be an alternative way to bring benefit to them. If their cow is killed, there must be a way to replace that cow. Yeah. If you're telling them you can still get girlfriend by not killing lion, then you must bring an alternative to that. And that is why organizations like Big Life Foundation are really working with the community from the very local level to try and find very innovative ways to replace those bad aspects of their culture. Absolutely. And we can definitely learn from, you know, and how lucky the lions are to have, you know, you to protect them oh, as well. Yeah. Apart from apart from the lions, we're also going to hear a little bit more about Elephant Week. We've got a few minutes before the two o'clock news. Colin, we should be excited about Elephant Week as well, which is coming up in uh, November, I believe. Absolutely, yeah. So this year, uh, Elephant Week runs from the 9th to the 16th of November. Um, that we have our gala dinner on the Friday the 15th of November um, but we are bringing the Maasai Olympics to Hong Kong so this is something I've always been quite keen to try and do um, so we're bringing 10 Maasai warriors to Hong Kong uh, we're having two sets of competitions um, we're having a, a corporate competition on the 9th of November and a schools competition on the 16th of November and the idea is we have our, our six sports and corporates and schools to enter teams of eight people each uh, for these sports and to compete in exactly the same way uh, that the Maasai Warriors compete in uh, in Kenya. Um, so we'll be having the, the lots of running, um, we'll be having the rungu throwing and uh, the javelins proving to be slightly uh, challenging at the moment because uh, quite a lot of people think it's quite dangerous. Which, of course, it is if you throw it the wrong way. Or if you throw it at um, someone, but it's, it's safe. We've done it. So we're working on yes. that. Um, and then, of course, there's the high jump. And the high jump is the vertical jump that everyone sees the Maasai are famous for. And uh, So we've got the high jump as well. So we're, we're recreating the Maasai Olympics in Hong Kong. And the, the reason for doing this is not just because it's tremendous fun and, and it's way, but it is uh, a way of educating through sport. It's a way of having some competition with a bit of fun, but with a really serious message. But most importantly, uh, if the Maasai can change their culture that's been going for 500 years of killing lions, then frankly, the Chinese ivory carvers can change a culture that's been going a few decades uh, in Hong Kong to change from carving ivory. So it's all about intercultural experiences, um, but really saying this, you can change ancient tradition without threatening your future. You can you, you can lord the past and uh, honor the honor the future. Yeah, um, you know, my, my my final question would really be: sometimes in Hong Kong, we're a bit far away from 
the protection of wildlife in Africa. How can we really do our part uh, to raise, to educate ourselves and also to raise our own awareness to really help with the protection of these species? Because let's face it, how lucky we are in this lifetime that we still have rhinos, we still have elephants and we still have lions, even though the, the numbers are, you know, not great, but, you know, we still have them in our lifetime for our children. How can we do our part to really learn more about the protection of these wonderful species? As, as Richard said, uh, it's all about education. It's all about learning and understanding and realizing that, yes, we're 5,000 miles away from Africa, but we have our part to play. And if we don't play our part, if we lose the wildlife in Africa, uh, Africa loses its tourism in industry. Uh, it then loses its second largest income earner. And then you start getting hunger, poverty, and then civil war. And so, yes, we will then be affected in Hong Kong by this. Trade prices go up and everything changes. You've also got a massive change in cultural problems if you start losing all of that. So what can we do here? We can support the efforts being made. Um, we can look at what's going on, say, in the CITES meeting in Geneva at the moment and say, guys, you've got to make the right decisions. You know, every country is represented at CITES. You've got to support the right decisions to stop the poaching, to stop the hunting uh, and to allow wildlife to live and thrive. Yeah. Remind our listeners once again how we can afford, uh, how we can support the effort that you're all making. Uh, Colin, maybe with you, have you got a website or a Facebook page we can go to? Yep, we do. <laughs> we, we have our, our website, uh, which is uh, theelephantsociety.org. Uh, and on that, uh, you can see what we're doing. There's a donations page. Uh, I would draw people very much to Friends of the Elephant Foundation. Um, and what we're trying to do there is have a lot of people support us with a small amount of money each month. Uh, and then they'll get much closer to what we're doing, get newsletters and see more photographs, more, more uh, interest of what we're doing. Uh, and we also have the, the Elephant Society as our Facebook page. Uh, where there are links there. So please do come and see us on those those mediums. And, um, of course, you can always contact us through Facebook and our webpage for more information about how to come and get involved uh, with Saving Our Wildlife. Yes, and Daniel, how can we find out more about the Big Life Foundation? Yeah, you can follow our organization, Big Life Foundation, on Facebook. You can check on the blog, www.biglife.org. You can follow on Instagram. Uh, and, and there are always some links to, to, to lead you to donate. Uh, but we are working very closely with the Elephant Foundation here. So they've been supporting us So and, and several other organizations. Be sure uh, to go then, on your and, Facebook, and, your Instagram, and, and your Twitter. Yeah, and, and anybody can follow me, Daniel Olesambo, on Facebook, and we can talk. And Richard, what about you? Yeah, For me, uh, it's on Facebook, it's Richard Turere. On Instagram, it's Lion Lights. And our website is Lion Boy lion.org if you'd like to support our lion deterrent lights yeah 